You're listening to Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, performers, composers, and kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it interesting and fun. Because music is for you. I'm your host, Darlene. And I'm your host, Rebecca Lane, director of Upper Beaches Music School. Let's cue the music. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the Music. I am your host, Rebecca Lane. And I'm your other co-host, Zara Lane. That's right. I forgot to say I'm a co-host. We're co-hosts. And today we are meeting with Emily, different Emily from some of the other episodes. And she is going to tell us about an exciting project that she's working on. I'm excited to hear. Emily, are you there? I am. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Zara, would you like to kick us off with the questions? Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what instrument you play? Yeah, that's a great way to start us off. Thanks, Zara. Um, so my name is Emily Heemstra. I am a composer. I'm a violist. I'm a teacher, a songwriter, and most importantly, I am a mom to two amazing boys, Jack, who is three, and Gavin, who's one. That's great. Emily, I think you told us that you're you're kind of hosting a composing competition. What is that? Yeah, so like most musicians right now during COVID, I haven't been able to play with other musicians, and this has been going on for a year now, which I'm realizing just how much music is a part of uh, my heart and soul, and I miss playing with people and just making music. And so on kind of two levels, I wanted to start this composition competition, for lack of a better word, because I wanted to create opportunities for people to write music that I could play. Again, I can't play with other people right now, so I can play solo. So that's why I wanted to write something like that. And then also as a composer, I really wanted to see what other people were doing and writing and what things they were getting excited by. Because I'm a composer and a performer, this was kind of a really exciting project for me to be able to play new music, but then also see what other composers are up to. What makes a composition good? Oh, and people who are listening might want to know what composition means. Oh, that's a great question. Those are both good questions. So a composition is a piece of music that someone writes. So you have authors who write storybooks and novels. You have artists who do paintings. And a composer is someone who writes compositions. Now that can be on a score, that can be using notes, or that can be sometimes there's lots of other ways that people are writing scores now that can look a lot more like artwork, which is really exciting. So to get back to your first question, what makes composition good? The funny thing about a lot of art and music is that it depends on who you ask what it makes something good. So for this particular composition competition that I'm doing, that's a tongue twister if you want to say that five times fast. The things that I'm looking for in in this competition are firstly pieces that I'm really excited about. Some of them are going to be actual scores, so music that other composers have written, and some of them will just be proposals. So a a composer will write up what they want to write about a piece, the, the inspiration behind something that they want to write. The first thing is if I get a piece of music that I'm really excited about, that I think sounds really cool, that might be a reason why I pick it. The other thing that makes something good is... If I'm listening to something or there's an idea that I haven't heard before or haven't 
really been exposed to. Like if it's something just different and new. Yeah, something different, different and new. And it's like if, you know, I everyone told me growing up that Brussels sprouts were really gross. And so I kind of believed them until I actually made my own Brussels sprouts and I put olive oil and I put salt and pepper. Man, those things are delicious. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't tried it. So there are going to be some pieces that I get through this competition. I might not be so sure if I might like it, but I really want to try them because the composers are exploring new ideas that I haven't heard before. Yeah, so new things can be good, especially if you put cheese on mm. them, oh, like with Brussels yeah. sprouts. You ever had Brussels sprouts before? I don't think you have had Brussels sprouts no, before. Have you? I have had Brussels sprouts before, and I really like them. So we should actually have them at home because like roasted with cheese and olive oil so and butter. Good. Amazing. It's a lot like broccoli. It's kind of a similar flavor to broccoli, which you like. Well, how come nobody likes Brussels sprouts? They have a bad reputation. Would you agree, Emily? Yeah, I think people, they, they just boil them and then they just kind of are mushy. And no one, no one really likes food that doesn't taste like anything and it's kind of mushy. I mean, water doesn't really taste like anything, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. But once you add it to something else, it's magic. True. So I think Brussels sprouts are kind of like that. They are a great vehicle for lots of good things. Because there's nothing, how come people just drink water with like nothing in it? This, this, this is plain water, except I have a pink water bottle, mm-hmm. so it's pink, but... You mean, like, how can something that's so plain taste so good? Well, yeah, because, like, how, how can people like drinking water if it doesn't really taste like anything? Because, like you said, that it doesn't... Nobody, like, really likes any food that doesn't taste like anything, right? Or is it, like, different for drinks? Because mm. <laughs> drinks have, have a totally different feeling. We're taking the I analogy really this far is- now, <laughs> but I think... <laughs> How would this relate to music and compositions, do you think? Like, are there music, are there pieces of music and compositions that are sort of like the water equivalent? Like, they they don't have a lot of things that are really interesting about them, but they still sound and feel good to listen to? Oh, definitely. There's a lot of music out there that is being written, or or sorry, maybe even go back 100 years ago. So a lot of music that was being written was being written in schools. And it wasn't really meant to be played and enjoyed by people, but it was really important because it was pushing a lot of boundaries and it was expanding what it means to play music and what music is. But to sit down and listen to a concert of it might not be the most exciting thing ever, but that music is really important because it allows us to write other music after that that can be really, really cool. Yeah, it helped us to learn about music and how to compose it and what music actually is. Yeah. Great question, Zara. Let's go on. Oh, this is a good question. So for your competition, this is about the competition. Um, how will you choose a winner? Like choosing a winner is like usually really hard unless it's a race and the winner just comes out. But like if you have to choose one, like which one is the best, that's really hard. And and also, do you only have get to choose one for this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, I definitely have my work cut out for me and it's going to be really hard because already I've already had 50 people, 50 composers submit pieces for, for this um, competition. Wow. Yeah. So I already have my work cut out for me and I just extended the deadline to March 21st. So I'm hoping that even more will be coming in. I think especially when there's this many pieces coming in, kind of like what I mentioned before sometimes there will be pieces that right away I will think are super cool and I really really want to play and then others I might not be so sure but the idea is really exciting or the program notes that the composer has has given me are really really exciting the other thing that composers have been sending me as well are sample works so other pieces that they've written so maybe I'm not so sure about a proposal but I've listened to other pieces that they've played and I think those are really cool now thankfully I don't just have to choose one 
whew, that would be a lot of work and really intimidating. Um, but I'm going to be choosing six pieces for this competition, possibly more if I just really am excited and can't, can't choose between the six. But I have three categories. So I'm choosing music from members of the Association for Canadian Women Composers, which I'm a member. So that's women composers who are writing in Canada. So I'm going to choose two from that category, two from Canadian composers. So just generally any composer from Canada and then two international, which is really exciting to see what other people are studying and learning about and what they're passionate about as composers. It's definitely going to, I've got my work cut out for me. It's going to be hard. And then what did they win? They win a recording of their music a tour of their house I that would be cool I I wish I could give them a house (laughs) so the winner or the winners I should say um (laughs) the winners receive a recording of their work right now I'm going to be recording them at the Canadian Music Centre in Toronto which is one of the most beautiful old buildings in Toronto with beautiful acoustics Um, They're going to be recorded professionally with a beautiful video as well as beautiful audio. And then I'm hoping to be able to make an album out of them as well and then have that uploaded. Um, The hardest thing as a composer, and I find this as well, is just having your work performed and having really good copies of them. It's it's really difficult. I have a whole I have a whole file on my computer of music for choir that I've written for different competitions that doesn't make it and it just kind of sits there and you you kind of wait and hope that someone eventually will play it or sing it and so that's what I wanted for this competition I wanted to be exposed myself to what other composers are doing out there but then also give the opportunity to share this music with others as well. Cool so it's not like you just create and compose music and then suddenly it becomes famous and everyone's performing it you have to have it performed so that people can hear it it in the first place and then more people will want to hear it because of that original performance so what you're giving to these composers is actually a really big tool for them to use to to share their compositions with even more people yeah and it's really composing is a really funny area because in a lot of other art forms you know if you're an artist and you paint a beautiful picture the end product is there everyone can come and see it now maybe it's hard to get people to come and see it but your product is there whether as a composer oh i created a sheet of paper with black and white writing on it. (laughs) And so it doesn't have any life on its own until it falls into the hands of a performer who then adds their own unique perspectives and flavors to it, which is, so it's a really overall, really exciting collaboration. So working with lots of different people in different areas of the musical world. Amazing. Have you composed anything for a solo viola? Yes, I have. (laughs) Because we know know that you're a violist and a composer so I am I actually wrote this piece for the my graduating recital at the Glen Gould School we had to have a Canadian composer on our program and I thought well I'm a composer why don't I write something for my uh, for my own recital and so that's what this piece is I'd uh, I'd love to share it with you yes please
did you think, Zara? It sounded like it was like a real, real song. Like everybody <laughs> knew it. <laughs> that is high praise, Zara. Thank you. Like it sounded like, like it's hard to believe that somebody actually. It's hard to believe that somebody who we're talking to right now actually composed it. <laughs> How exciting! Yeah, and also, there's like it sounds like there's a bunch of different notes and like double two, stops. Uh, what double stops, triple stops. What are double stops? And when you play more than one note at a time, oh, is that what you mean? Yeah, why is it called double stops? Because it should be just called double bow. It's not double stops because you can't double. Okay, this is a different conversation, but <laughs> that's what they're called. And that, is that what you meant you were hearing? Yeah, I heard double ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I think that we really, we really enjoyed the performance. And like Zara said, it sounded like... It sounded familiar. It sounded like music we have heard before. But I also know, Zara, that the reason that it sounded familiar is because you played some of the same types of things a few times mm-hmm. that made it become familiar as the piece went on. Did you notice that, like, that came back a couple times? And so by the end, we were like, wait a second, this is starting to sound familiar. But it's just because Emily had played it already. Those are really good observations. So there's, there's two things that you you picked up on from a first performance, which is really exciting as a composer, that your intentions, what you mean, comes through the music on a first play. Um, the first is I'm really glad that you heard that there were spots that came back that were familiar. That's something that I find really important in music, especially new music, because not everyone knows what new music means, um, especially from classical instruments like viola and cello. So there's a composer that I really, really love who does this really well in his music. His name was Bella Bartok or is Bella Bartok. And a lot of his music, he uses the same melodies again and again through his pieces. Even though his music can be kind of weird sometimes, it's okay because you know where you are because the music is familiar. And the other thing that I my, inspired this piece, its title is called A Barn Dance. So I actually started playing viol. Well, I started on violin when I was 10, which is kind of late. As you probably know, Zara, that's your 10, right? So I only started playing violin when I was your age. She's actually only eight. You're only eight. Oh, man. So you, I'm only eight. I, I'm not 10. I'm eight. You're ten, eight. How long have you been playing violin for, Zara? Um, when did I start playing? You oh, were man. like three and a half. So, yeah, I mean, you, well, if you started I, when you were well, 10, when, that's... Well, when did I start using a real violin? You were four. So you've been playing for four and a half years. It's okay. So you, you still have four years on me already, and you're only eight. Isn't that crazy? So I only started playing violin. I started on violin when I was 10. And it started because my mom and I did a road trip out east to Halifax and New Brunswick and PEI. And when we were in Halifax, it was one rainy night and my mom took me to a Kaylee, which is an Irish fiddle concert. And there was this, wherever he is, Ray Ellis, you changed my life. So thank you. So there was this old timey fiddler who had a tap board and he was... I don't even know what those are called, but like he was tapping his feet along um, to the, the fiddle tunes, and that that was my hook. It's kind of funny. So I wanted to play fiddle music, and then I ended up doing classical music. So that's a little bit funny, but I wanted to write a piece that was familiar but new. And also the viola sometimes gets a bit of a bad rap as being a bit of kind of a big lumbly, lumbly, that's not a word, a big kind of cumbersome instrument that can't play really fast, exciting music. And I wanted to say, no, 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 like we can play great music too. The other thing, Zara, so you probably know since you play violin, there's a lot of music for violin out there. 
but there really isn't for viola. So some of the music that violinists and cellists love to play is written by a man named Johann Sebastian Bach about 400 years ago. And it's glorious and it's wonderful, but it wasn't written for viola. So we kind of steal. We, we play music by violinists, the um, sonatas and partitas. They're really hard on viola because our instrument is that much bigger. And we, for the most part, we end up stealing the cello music. <laughs> so we, we end up stealing them from the cellos because we don't have any music of our own. So that was one of the other reasons with this competition. There's a lot of new music out there, but to give a chance to have more music for the viola, solo, that is fun and soloistic and really fun to play. That was the other, kind of one of the other reasons I wanted to do this too. I just had another question. Um, does like all the guys, um, all the people who are competing today, all play viola or do they play different instruments? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so far I haven't seen anyone that actually plays viola as well, which is kind of exciting. Actually, no, that's not true. I think one or two people have played viola, but a lot of them play lots of other instruments as well. So there are, I think I've seen someone who plays trumpet and percussion and double bass and some conductors as well, some singers. You know, you don't just have to be a violist to write music for the viola. It can help sometimes, especially this piece that I played for you. I wrote, usually when I write music, I'm writing on the piano, but this piece I wrote on my viola, which was a cool experience for me. And just knowing how the finger shapes, you know, Zara, that it's, we all work on our hand frame, right? When we're playing violin or viola. And so sometimes people don't know what the best hand frame is for string players. So sometimes they write things that are really tricky it maybe didn't need to be that tricky. I, pl- I play the violin, so I basically know how mm-hmm. <laughs> to know everything about the violin. Well, not every single thing, but I do know about <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being with us here today, Emily. I think I think it's time to play a round or two of... Doctor Composer! Are you ready, Emily? Oh, look at that. That was me saying crest Yeah, I got really loud. I am so ready. <laughs> you were born ready. Okay, we're going to play Pasta or Composer. And could you explain how it works, Sarah? So, she... She and me is me. <laughs> she's... See... Well, I'm getting so confused. <laughs> she says in Italian, name or kind of pasta. And we have to try to see... To guess, sorry, if it is a past, a kind of pasta or a name of a composer. The la- usually the last name, right? You're going to be great at this. Okay, so I'm going to pick some words. Wait, is that, what's Crafter's real name like? It's, it's a kind of, it's a kind of pasta, right? This is the real question of the episode. What kind of pasta is Crafter? I think it's supposed to be macaroni, but it's not, macaroni is supposed to be curlier. So I don't even know. It's just its own special kind of pasta now. Okay, the first one, is this a pasta or is this a composer? The word is bigoli, B-I-G-O-L-I. Pasta or composer? Okay. Yeah. What do you think, Zara? P. P. Pasta. I think it's also a pasta. Sounds like a big noodle. You are both correct. Yes. Oh, yay. <sighs> You are both correct. Bigoli is an extruded pasta in the form of a long and thick mm. strand. There you go. What does it look like? Um, it looks like spaghetti. A lot of them look <laughs> the same, to be honest. I don't really know what? why there are so many different kinds. They all look the same to me. They're either like some form of spaghetti or some form mm. of like tube straw kind of shape. 
those are the two basic. Oh, and sometimes they're like some rolled kind of pasta ball, but pretty much they're all, they fall into those kind of categories. Anyways. Okay. So bigoli is pasta. Okay. Next up, the word is pasta or composer menotti. M-E-N-O-T-T-I. Menotti. Composer? You know what? That sounds like a name of a composer I studied in early music, and I hope I'm not wrong. You are correct. It is a composer. Mm. It doesn't look like early music, though, because it says his years that he was alive are 1911 to 2007. So actually a more recent composer, Mm. but that doesn't mean that there wasn't more than one. You might have studied an early music composer named Minotti, but not this particular one. Mm. Giancarlo Minotti. One more. Mm. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. The composer's name is known. I just gave it away. I said the composer's name. (laughs) (laughs) It was no, 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 no is a composer. Okay. I'm going to do another one. Gave it away, so now I now I have to do another one. Sorry, I would have gotten really that one. <laughs> I know. I thought I'm so disappointed that I gave it away. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, the word is strozapreti. No, oh, that sounds like poser name. S T R O Z Z A P R E T I. Strozapreti. I don't know how to speak Italian, so I'm probably saying it wrong. That sounded pretty Strosa accurate, though. Ready? I, I think. Oh. Strosa picchetti. What do you What do you Strosa think, Sarah? Picchetti. Maybe pasta. Oh, you know, I think I need to go with composer on that one. Strosa pretty is pasta, ah. and it is. It, strosa pretty are an elongated form of cavatelli or a hand rolled pasta typical. Of Wasn't the, cavatelli one of it? Because I cavatelli is another one that we've done mm-hmm. on the, on this game. It's another kind of pasta. It's like a rolled, mm. it's a, another rolled up kind of, yeah. See? This is showing the picture. Yeah, I don't know if you can see the picture. I think I need to make pasta for dinner tonight. They're like really long, weird colored mm. beans. They almost, yes, or french fries. I would be yeah. down for either. I was like, like a, thin strips of french fries. They look like a big pasta. Yeah. With the, some creamy, cheesy sauce or something on it. Yeah, that sounds good. So, Emily, thank you so much for all of this. This is really cool. How can we hear more about your composition competition and about you? Uh, So there'll be a link to the application in the show notes. And you can find more about me on my website at emilyheemstra.com. Emily, thank you so much for being with us here today. It was a pleasure to learn about your composition competition and to hear about all the fun things that um, you do when you compose and to hear your amazing composition that you have written. So thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for having me, Zara and Rebecca. We will talk to you soon on Kids Cue the Music. Hey, mini musicians. Want to listen to more fun music? Tell your grown-up to head over to upperbeachesmusic.com slash rescue to get an email each week with links to kid-approved classical music, crafts, and much more. That's right. We'll send you a little package of links every Monday morning so that you can keep the musical learning and fun going all week long. That's upperbeachesmusic.com slash rescue. 
for listening to Kids Cue the Music. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with other kids you think would love it. I'm Zora Lane. And I'm Rebecca Lane. Talk to you next time on Kids Cue the Music. Kids Cue the Music.